0: Broadcasting live from Seattle, Washington, this is the Purple Rain Podcast with your hosts, Alex Van and Nick Cooper.
1: Yo guys, what is going on? This is the Purple Rain Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex. I'm Nick. And today we're going to review our game versus UNC and we're going to preview next season. So before we get started, how's your bracket doing, Nick?
0: I'm actually doing really well. I'm in the 98th percentile. I'm second in my bracket group. I still have all my Final Four teams, so I'm looking pretty good. What about you, Alex?
1: Uh, well, my bracket has gotten decimated because I picked Syracuse and UW to go into it. So I deleted all the apps uh, involving the brackets, and yeah, uh... <laughs> hometown faithful, I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought Syracuse was going to beat Baylor because Baylor, what, lost like four straight in a row going into it. And then, and I thought they were going to upset Gonzaga because Gonzaga didn't really play well against us and we ran a zone. So, well, obviously we ran a zone. So that was my logic behind it. Um, didn't really prove to be too well, especially with the suspension of Frank Howard. But what can you do about it, right? I mean, it's just a stupid bracket.
0: Yeah, I thought Syracuse was very underwhelming. So, uh, yeah. I don't really care about them though. Let's get back to the dogs. All right, yeah. Uh, talk about the UNC game.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. So, um, what do you think of it, Nick? Um,
0: I mean, I think that kind of worst case scenario. Those expectations are kind of what happened. UNC got hot early. Uh, Kobe White. Is it Kobe White? Kobe White. Kobe, Kobe White. Kobe White. I mean, once he started knocking down those three pointers, you know, it was going to be a long day. But we stuck in it. For as long as we could, I thought being down single digits at halftime, uh, you know, you stay close in these games and you always have a chance. And second half just couldn't hit our shots and, you know, couldn't hang on. What about you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that sentiment. I didn't I didn't think we played as bad as a score would say. I think they hit a ton of contested shots, especially that one highlight shot where Kobe White hit that step back three in the corner. Um, that was an insane shot and he went, what, four or five, and, and four out of those five shots were contested, so that was unfortunate, and we just couldn't hit any open shots. I thought we moved the ball extremely well against their defense, which is fairly athletic, um, and that kind of shocked me at first, how athletic and how active they were on defense, because I didn't really see that watching some of their other games, so it was good that we moved the ball around. We just could not hit an open shot to save our lives. I mean, it was just brick after brick after brick after brick. Uh, it, it was disappointing to see, and it kind of sucks that every single big game that we have, we tend to just forget how to shoot the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of my biggest things. I love just some really consistent shooters. I mean, you have Dom Green, who's supposed to be your three-point guy, and I think he was one for four this game. Yeah. Couldn't step up, and then... Unfortunately, Batiste Thivel couldn't shoot either. His inconsistency got him. He was one for eight from the field, so not that great. And then David Crisp, I think his the North Carolina size kind of got up to it, caught up to him, and I mean he was two for nine for the game, still finished with eight points. And then yeah, like you're talking about North Carolina, I mean they were just hitting shots all day. Uh, Little coming off the bench had twenty points and seven rebounds, eight of eleven shooting, couldn't stop him. Um, Cam Johnson, 5 of 10 shooting, and then Luke May, I mean, the guy really is a baller, I wasn't so sure about him, or he doesn't seem like the most as- most athletic guy, but 20 points and 14 rebounds, He, I mean, he just killed us all day, and I mean, they beat us on the boards 44 to 19, that's uh, going to be a long day for anyone, we still caused 15 turnovers, which I thought was pretty good, and we only had 10 of our own, I thought that was fine, and then... Yeah, I just started shooting. I mean, we shot thirty-eight percent from the field, thirty-one percent from f- three, and then forty percent from the free throw line. So we didn't shoot that many free throws, so it wasn't that big of a deal, especially when you lose by twenty points. But just kind of unfortunately, um, I mean, just to get some extra points, you'd hope to hit your free throws in that uh, big of a game, but just didn't work out. Overall, I thought we had a great year. Um, seniors should be proud. They led the team back to the NCAA tournament after eight years, and they really stuck with the program, and all those guys show a lot of passion and bleed purple and gold uh, for the rest of their lives. And so, I mean, I thought we met expectations, even exceeded expectations, winning the Pac-12 and getting a big win in the NCAA tournament, making the second round.
1: Yeah, uh, speaking of expectations, I... I don't think anybody of us, any of us really saw that coming. I, I certainly didn't see us even uh, winning the Pac-12 in the regular season because of Oregon uh, with Bulbul, but not lucky. Well, I guess lucky for us, he did get injured, and then Arizona State kind of collapsed. I don't even know what happened with Arizona. I thought they were going to be pretty good this year, but clearly I was wrong since they were pretty awful. And, yeah, but I think Oregon's just talent kind of won out in the tournament so but I didn't expect us to even go that deep in the Pac-12 tournament either to be honest uh just mainly because we hadn't gotten past uh first round in a couple years right I mean I when was the last time we got past the first round
0: um it's had to be a few years now definitely I know going into the Pac-12 tournament we'd only won like three games since uh the Pac-12 uh switched over from the Pac-10 and so I mean, they have really never done very well in the tournament. And I think, like you said, Oregon, I think they, st- I mean, even without Ball Ball, they still have the talent with guys like Kenny Wooten and, um, you know, Peyton Pritchard and those guys. And I think it's finally showing in the NCAA tournament where once they learned how to play without Ball Ball, they had that athleticism to make a good run. And so I know they play Virginia coming up next. I don't think they'll be Virginia, but should be a really defensive game.
1: You know, I, I think they'll be able to beat Virginia mainly because I think they do enjoy playing at that little bit of a slow methodical pace like Virginia does and I think they have the size athleticism and length to do it uh I don't think it's I I don't think it's as likely that they'll beat them but I think they definitely can beat them uh just based on how like talented they are as a whole group
0: I mean it's just like anything else they're gonna have to shoot the ball I mean they went seven minutes without scoring against UC Irvine and I mean, UC is a good team, but they're not anywhere close to being what uh, Virginia is defensively. No. So, I mean, if you can't score the ball, you're not going to win, and that's it. So,
1: yeah, and that did kind of show in our game as well because we couldn't hit open shots, which is story of the season almost can't hit op- can't hit open shots in big games.
0: Yeah, really, and I mean, just watching U Dub over the years, it kind of seems like whenever any other team has those open shots, especially maybe early in the season when it's a mid-major. Just any time in general, it seems like those teams are always knocking them down against us, but we can never seem to uh, knock down those shots very often against other teams. I mean, we'd have guys wide open from three, and, like, I mean, you just got to knock those down in those big moments and um, not be afraid. Overall, I thought we played pretty well, though, and uh, North Carolina just went out and beat us, and there's nothing I can really complain about in that. If the team's better than you and beats you fair and square what it is i thought we played a fine game i'd like to get over 60 points and at 59 is kind of crappy but it is what it is and we'll move on to next season
1: yeah i would have liked to cover the spread because i lost a couple of bets here and there <laughs> because of that but that's totally all right um and yeah like you're saying they're a supremely talented team and it showed uh even and they punished us for even playing good defense which is surprising um because they just hit a ton of contested shots and a ton of deep threes, too. I mean, they were just they were longer than NBA threes. I'd say, I'd wager they were like 30-footers.
0: Yeah, one thing that really frustrate me, frustrated me about the game, though, is you know that North Carolina likes to move the ball, push the, push the tempo, play an up-tempo game, and you know they're going to try and beat the zone back down the court before you get step up, and it seemed like quite a few times our guards were not getting back down the floor. I'd see Noah uh, make a layup or fouled, get hacked, and he'd be the first one back down the floor trying to stop the ball and I think it gives a lot of credit to him. You know, he left it all out there in this game, but it really frustrates me that the guards sitting around the three point line aren't getting back and stopping ball and we let them take it way take it from uh, baseline to baseline, making a layup a few too many times, which I think was really frustrating.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if it was a lack of I don't I wouldn't even say it's a lack of effort. I'd say it's just a lack of discipline and a lack of hustle. Uh, that and that really, really just messed us up. I mean, how many like open dunks in a Steer little have? I mean, he
0: had to have three or four, maybe five, <laughs> five. I mean, he had 20 points. So, you know, he was um, getting to the basket whenever he really wanted to.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, there was that one like foul on Hamir Wright where he tried to dunk and, I, you know, I don't get it's a foul. Like if you go straight up. And you jump straight up and someone dunks on you and their arms hit your arms. How the hell is that a foul? I don't know. I, I thought he
0: short armed the dunk to be honest and just completely missed it, but I mean it is what it is at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just it, it just seems like bad officiating is like plagued us this whole season no matter what. And I think we did have one pack twelve ref, which is suspicious because it's almost like a conflict of interest and obviously it didn't really help us since we didn't really get too many foul calls going our way.
0: Yes, that was, that was really odd to me, actually. I've never, I mean, I'm not sure how common it is. It must be more common in uh, March Madness than it is in like college football, per se. But it was weird to me to have a conference official um, officiating our game.
1: Yeah, no, that was just, that was baffling. And yeah, I just, I wish we didn't run into UNC because I feel like we could have beat almost anybody else. Because when that team gets hot, and they turn over the ball yeah 15 times They turned over 15 times but we couldn't punish them so when they play that well i mean i don't think anybody's beating them and right now if i had read in my picks i would probably pick them to win the tournament
0: yeah they're a really good team and i i know people and like chris weber on the broadcast was talking about how we really didn't adjust our zone and weren't covering the guys in the middle uh middle of the paint but i don't know that's just i mean one, it's kind of not really how we play. We let those guys take those mid-range jumpers, and if they hit them, they hit them. If not, um, most guys don't shoot it that well. Credit to Nord- North Carolina for that. But also, when they were shooting the three that well, especially those deep threes, I mean, it extends the zone. Yeah. That's one whole thing. I mean, when you extend the zone, the middle's going to be more open. And that also hurts us on the rebounding, too. I mean, we got killed on the boards. And some of it is the zone, obviously. I mean... When we start extending the zone to almost a 4-1, we have one guy underneath, and if they crash on the boards, it's kind of almost like a three-on-one situation. But there's still times where it's just like you watch certain players, and they're not boxing a guy out. They're just standing there watching the ball. And um, I know we'll get to it later in the broadcast uh, or later in the podcast, but um, watching Isaiah Stewart last night in the McDonald's All-American game and even Jaden McDaniels, one thing I really liked about those guys is as soon as the ball was in the air, they'd look, find a guy, box him out. It's just very simple things, and it's something we didn't do well in this game.
1: Yeah, I I don't get... I mean, it's it almost seems like the coaching staff is telling them not to box out, because I did go back and watch Amir Wright, and he actually boxed out extremely well in high school. So I was like, what? I, I swear I haven't... Well, actually, that's not true. I do see him box out a decent amount, but it just seems like nobody else boxes out, and... I think sometimes because we play four guards on the floor and just one forward, and those guys don't really have the tendency or even the uh, the thought or just like the muscle memory to box out because they're just not so they're not used to it because they're used to just being at the top of the key instead.
0: Yeah, I think that's really true. I was listening to Mike Hopkins' press conference yesterday, and someone was asking if he thought about going to a big lineup with like Timmins, uh, Dickerson, and Hamir all in the game at the same time, but. Uh, like Hopkins was saying is kinda of pick your poison what do you guys want to do and he know he needed or he knew we needed to score the ball obviously and so he went to that scoring lineup which usually includes four guards, whether it's um this game Bay really stepped up again or Nas, Crisp, Noel and uh like Green or someone and so once you go to those guys I think it's like you said where I think Noel's done a good job of rebounding this year, but um I mean as far as them consistently boxing out, it's just really not there.
1: Yeah, it's not there, and uh, that just it kind of sucks because we got killed on the boards, even though, yeah, there were a couple bricks that fell their way. I'd probably say there was like seven or eight bricks that just fell right their way, and that's just, I mean, you're going to get that with the zone, right? Like you said, I mean, you force up contested tough shots. You're going to get bricks, and it's just at that point, it's all about lucky rebounds, but a lot of the times, they're going to have clean looks and just getting rebounds over us, and it was like, man, we cannot catch a break for the life of us. So, yeah, um, I guess that's all I have to say about UNC, too. Uh, I did enjoy playing against them because they didn't really seem to, like, flex or even, like, be, like have, like, any, like, egos. Like, when Kobe White hit a bunch of shots, he kind of seemed like Kawhi Leonard, just, like, no reaction, which was interesting. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I mean, if we had to lose to a team, thinking about it now, I think UNC is a good team because classy coach, just a classy uh, school in general, so not not the worst team to lose against. I mean, besides the fact that
0: uh, they had players taking fake classes, but...
1: Um, I mean, come on, who wouldn't want to take fake classes, be
0: real. As far as a team, though, I know what you mean. Uh, I thought those guys were pretty pretty classy, and that's makes it better losing. I think some of that also is um, compared to like Duke, Kentucky. Those guys actually have seniors, so uh, they have some senior leadership, and I think that plays a part of it. More mature just in general and uh just overall good basketball
1: players. Yeah, definitely agree. And I mean the year Little was just immense. And shout out to Garrison Brooks for playing through uh getting two of his tooth or two of his teeth knocked out. That was that takes some balls, especially in basketball. So yeah, let's uh move on to previewing next year and I guess let's start with the recruits, Nick. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, so uh next year. As I'm sure a lot of you guys are aware, it should be a pretty exciting recruiting class coming in. Uh, right now, headed by Isaiah Stewart, who is, uh, according to 24/7, ranked as the number six recruit in the country, five star. Um, like I said, he was in the McDonald's All American game last night, and just kind of reading how his practices and scrimmages went. Seems like there is a consistent consensus that. He was one of the top players on the floor, always working hard, always hustling. He's listed at six nine, two forty five, and he just looks really strong, really athletic. Um, I think he can step in for Noah Dickerson and um even be better, especially as a freshman. I think he has just has great athleticism, loves to play defense, loves to get boards, and that's something that we really need. And then on top of that, um he can get buckets. So that's huge. Uh also committed to us is Raekwon Battle from Marysville-Pilchuk High School. Ranked 85th in the country. He's a four-star. Um, I know he plays on Seattle Rotary AU team with um, guys like uh, Paulo Banchero and Jaden McDaniels. Uh, I think Raekwon is supposed to be a pretty good shooter. I know in high school he's kind of been throwing down dunks and taking to the basket a lot more, but... Um, once he faces tougher competition, I think the shooting will be huge. Um, I'm not sure how much playing time he'll get right now, uh, just off the top of my head, but if he's uh, knocking down shots, he can play. And then we have Marcus Sahonis committed to us from Oregon. Uh, he's a three-star point guard, and i uh, not sure whether he'll redshirt or not, but looking at our guard depth right now, I could see him getting some playing time early on. And then, of course, we have A Green, who transferred in from Kentucky, who I think a lot of us are excited about. Five-star point guard, uh, true point guard, and being coached by John Calipari, John Calipari certainly helps, and so um, he'll definitely play a big role. Of course, he has to sit out uh, the first part of next season, the non-conference schedule, but then uh, he should be ready to roll coming into conference play.
1: Yeah, uh, I like that you added Quade Green to like our recruiting class next year because I think that is a pretty, that's a pretty clever thing to do. Just because uh, we're not going to get him back till a conference play, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that should uh, should be a really good addition. And hopefully, Elijah Hardy fills in well before A comes. Uh, I really like Isaiah Stewart too. Like you said, really hustles on defense. I think that's uh, a lost art in today's game. I don't think enough guys hustle on defense so really good of him and yeah he is just really athletic and he's stacked it's, i mean he's built well uh so it should be fun to watch him and raekwon battle man he is smooth like butter like when you watch him it's just geez like i like i know the level of competition in wesco isn't like playing in seattle but man he's just on a different level compared to everybody else and it's it's awesome to see
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Raekwon Battle really started to move up in the rankings um, because he played AAU basketball with all those guys, so you could kind of see him uh, play some tougher competition. And then the one we're all looking out for from Federal Way High School is Jaden McDaniels, 6'11", number five player in the country, five-star. He was in the McDonald's All-American game uh, last night as well. Um, He'd be a huge pickup, especially being a Seattle area guy. Um, it's great to have people stay home and play with us. His, uh, his recruitment is, he's really quiet about it. Um, if I had a gut feeling, I'd say he comes to UW, especially now that his brother, uh, Jalen is, uh, going pro from San Diego State. I know he's kind of also on to play at Kentucky, but, um, with the way Dub has progressed, I could, uh, and especially getting Isaiah Stewart, I kind of felt like once you got one, the other would uh, commit here as well. So um, just off my gut instinct, I'd say we get Jaden McDaniels. I mean, some compare him to Kevin Durant, just a lanky 6'11", you know, stretch four. I mean, he can dribble the ball, shoot the ball, take it to the basket. and really do anything, and uh, he put up a lot of points at Federal Way this year. And uh, kind of one interesting, I don't know if it's really a rumor or just something people are talking about, but some are kind of saying if Noel departs, we'll get Jaden, but if Noel decides to stay, Jaden might commit elsewhere. Um, I don't know what you think about that. If you had to pick a guy, Alex, who would you uh, rather have for next year, Noel or uh, Jaden McDaniels?
1: You know, I would probably rather have Jaden McDaniels just because uh, if – if you're going to want to look towards the future, then obviously you're probably going to get the recruit. And I know Jane McDaniels probably be one and done, but it'd be nice to have some youth there and show other recruits that you're more committed to the youth movement, uh, specifically getting guys who are one and done and playing them instead of, you know, letting, not instead setting a culture of like, you know, we want you to stay here more than one year. So that'd be, so that's why I would want Jane McDaniels. I could definitely see the arguments for Jalen Noel, uh, just because he would be more experienced, but Obviously, the hope is that both can stay, and I think if we got Jane McDaniel's, we could maybe run some more of those like three forward lineups that you were talking about with maybe Hamir Wright, Isaiah Stewart, and Jane McDaniel's. And we'd have an incredible amount of length out on the floor, and it'd be it'd be awesome to see that uh, in the zone. Yeah, I mean, I think.
0: I mean, they both played two different positions, so I could see us getting both of them. If Jalen uh, Noel decides to stay, I could see Jaden uh, committing here as well. But, I mean, if I had to pick, I think I'd actually take Jalen Noel over McDaniels just because Jaden McDaniels' game right now is based so much on potential and upside. And, I mean, he could have a huge season next year, do great, I hope he comes to Dub and does those things because I think he'll be an amazing player. But when you can bring a guy back... As a junior upperclassman leader who everyone respects already, who's averaged 16 points, 5 boards, 3 assists, and shot 50% from the floor, I mean, I'll take that consistency any day. I mean, he's the Pac-12 Player of the Year. So, I mean, sure, if uh, Jaden came in and lit it up, and he got Pac-12 Player of the Year, I mean, you already have one in Jalen Noel. So, I mean, in my opinion, if you can have him, I mean, if you have them both, amazing if I had to pick one I think I'd go with the consistency of Jalen Noel yeah
1: um but like you said with your gut feeling I'm kind of feeling it as well I think we might get both uh and like you're saying Kentucky but I'm pretty sure Matt was saying last night that he didn't even have Kentucky in his final five teams which is very good to hear and it's also good to hear that his brother's declaring for the draft because I liked watching him a lot at San Diego State and on top of that it kind of increases our chances of getting him which would, which is selfish to say but I think we do need him um, and just getting him and having the depth all around the team can really push us to be a really, really, really good team next year.
0: Yeah. So on top of that, um, what are your you I mean, kind of who's returning next year? How do you feel? Uh, do you think Jalen Noel will stay for his junior and come back for his junior year at UW or do you think he'll go to the NBA draft?
1: Well, what I think he'll do, I think he'll do what uh, Noah Dickerson did last year. He'll declare see where he's going. And I think the guys in the NBA are going to, or the NBA, uh, talent evaluators are going to tell him look you're probably like at best a mid-second because you haven't really shown too much ball handling skills considering you turn over the ball a ton um i'd say he's almost a streaky shooter even though he does get his a lot he's a pretty streaky shooter he'll hit a lot of uh contested mid-range shots and i don't know if he'll get that up against nba level uh, nba level talent especially since everybody in the nba is as good or even better than a Jalen Noel has seen like everybody is I mean it's the best of the best in the BA so in my opinion I think it'd be a smart move for him to come back maybe play the point guard position but maybe next to Nas next year while A Green is uh sitting out till conference play and just work on his ball handling work on his distributing because he is a little bit of an undersized shooting guard especially in today's NBA when you see tons of long guys like Clay Thompson and even Matisse Thybul, who is going to be a two in the NBA. So I think he needs to definitely work on his distribution because sometimes I just feel like he doesn't have his head up when he's looking for, um, when he's driving to the basket specifically, which I think you need to do instead of just putting your head down and getting to the basket. So, but I think, I think he'll do, what he'll do is he'll declare and then just see where he's going and he, he might leave. And honestly, I, I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world because of who we have. On the team, but it would suck, obviously.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll uh, test the draft waters, see what the NBA uh, lets him know about kind of his draft stock and what they think about him. Um, I think it's easy for him to leave knowing that, okay, he was the Pac 12 player of the year, averaged 16 points, shot 50%, led the team back to the NCAA tournament. I mean, how much. Higher can he really go? I think. Uh, I think one thing that could help him coming back is UW didn't get a lot of publicity this last year. I don't think too many people knew about him. But I think returning um, and with the chance of having two five-star players on the team and increased expectations, I think um, the whole country would be. Uh, kind of know who Jalen Noel is, especially after uh, they saw him in the NCAA tournament where he played pretty well. Um, But at the same time, I could see him going. I think he does, I mean, he obviously does really well off the dribble. I mean, he's able to create his own shot. And I mean, mid-range jumper is kind of a lost art in the NBA, I mean, just in the game in general. And so, um, and also just being able to take it to the basket, I think that's huge too. I know that I mean, guys in the past, like Tony Roten, I mean, they could get to the basket whenever they wanted, but when you go to the NBA and they realize, okay, you can't shoot the basketball, you just sag off him and uh, not let him drive to the basket. So that's why I think you know Noel's obviously different. Um, You have to keep him honest and know that he can pull up, hit the mid-range jumper, but also take you to the basket. So I think it'll be interesting. Um, Another thing is that, knowing we have, I I mean, guys like Isaiah Stewart can make him better, I think, get more assists, obviously, but then at the same time, um, like, say, if we got McDaniels, those guys are going to be taking a lot of shots, too, so I could see his scoring go down a little bit if he returns, but overall, I think, like you said, he could work on things and become a better player, just uh, overall in general.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, even though I think they take up some of his shots, I think it, Make him a little more efficient because it opened up the floor for him. Because there were times where, you know, teams would just let us shoot the three if we wanted to. So, I mean, they just stay in the middle, clog up the passing lanes, and just let us take threes. And that's a pretty damn good strategy um against us this year because we did not shoot the ball particularly well. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I personally think if he does go, I mean, mid second is like at best. And you can, I can honestly see him going undrafted just because, uh, because he was inconsistent at times though he was he was fantastic but the inconsistency was there at times and sometimes I feel like he just float in and out of games like have, did you kind of notice that too I'm a little bit and I
0: I definitely know what you're saying um I think he's very kind of a methodic methodical player uh, you know he has his ups and downs um, but I think he tries to I don't know he just doesn't you kind of know what you're getting with him. Basically. Uh I mean you see I mean, like he said, like I was saying last podcast, he's very consistent every game. Um he's not gonna go off for thirty, but I mean he doesn't have very many games under single digits and so I I mean I think that's another thing, As I think he was a good leader this year, but I could think he could be even a better leader next year and uh really kinda take over games more. Um I, exactly what you were saying where there'd be times where I mean he's the only one who could do anything with the ball and they just clog the lane let us shoot the three and there's nothing much he can do at that point so it wasn't really his fault but yeah I s- definitely see your point.
1: Yeah I, I just think that he if he were to go to the NBA I think he needs to he need to sit behind like a star like guard like or like any, well, any team that has like an established starting backcourt so obviously like the Warriors I think he he'd fare pretty well because like you said he can create his own mid-range shot and uh with Sean Livingston kind of regressing a lot I think he could replace him save the Warriors some cap and I think he'd probably be like a 10 10 per player night I mean he's I think he'd come in and be better than Quinn Cook and Sean Livingston so that that'd be an interesting fit and also the Rockets I think the Rockets would be a good fit because they do kind of play that like methodical game and a ton of iso ball so I think he'd fit in pretty well there yeah I mean
0: I think so much of the NBA is uh not to get too far off topic but uh just how you fit into different systems and different teams and so I mean like Dejounte Murray fell for the Spurs I mean he's injured this year but he was having a really good year before that and I think that helps a ton
1: yeah no uh that was a very smart move because he went to a very very good coach Eric Popovich and instead of maybe staying another year and going to a high pick like mm, I don't know the Suns (laughs)
0: yeah that's where marquise chris ended up and now he's been traded around a few times and uh hasn't i mean he's still very young but just hasn't uh met those expectations yet of being such a high draft pick
1: i know like he's he's on the Cavs right now so he might as well just stayed in college because he's playing that level of ball with the Cavs, (laughs) anyways so uh moving on from Jalen noel who obviously is gonna be a big topic of discussion this offseason um Nas Carter, uh, it's going to be great to have him coming back, uh, unless he makes like some surprise declaration, which I don't see him doing because I think once you get past your sophomore year, I think you should stay your junior and senior year because how much of your stock is going to go down from your junior to senior year, right? Yeah, I
0: think generally... Unless you had a really terrible senior year, I mean, in my opinion, it's going to go
1: up. Exactly. So I think having him back is going to create spacing because even though he was a bit of a streak, or I don't say he was a streaky shooter, I'd say he just went on a cold streak towards the end of the year. He was still shooting at like a 40% clip, which is amazing. Um, Definitely could work on his free throw shooting because his form is a little, it doesn't seem smooth. Uh, kind of looks it kind of look like Markel Fultz a little bit at some times like not you Markel Markel Fultz uh, Philly Markel Fultz so he could definitely work on that but I think next year he's really going to shine with all the talent around him and if he does stay for his senior year I think he'll be the man so that'll really boost his draft stock being the man
0: yeah and I think on top of that I think we're going to be a lot longer next year I mean Jamal Bay at the top, kind of filling for Matisse, he's six, great defender, I mean, finally came alive in the tournament, and played really great against North Carolina, all of a he started to score the ball, and it looked like his confidence was really high, um, and he should be ready for next year, Elijah Hardy didn't play a lot this year, but he looked good coming in, and usually he'd play against uh, still some of the starters for the other team. Nas, like you said, he'll be huge. Another six-six guy. I think Hamir Wright can take a step forward. And, of course, Brian Penn Johnson, 7-footer. I think he has a seven-seven wingspan or something like that. Uh, I mean, fills up the whole key. I think he'll be great defensively and rebounding. Uh, I know in high school he wasn't the best uh, on offense, but hopefully this redshirt year um, got him a little stronger, hopefully developed an offensive game. And uh, same with Nate Roberts, another 6'10", 6'11", guy with like a 7'3", 7'4", wingspan. Those two guys will be huge. Sam Timmons coming back as a senior. Um, He'll be long. I thought he played a lot better this year. It'll be interesting to see what he can do next year. Anyone else I'm forgetting? Um, Riley Soren. Yeah, Riley Soren could get some time. Um, Little thin, little (laughs) really lanky. I mean, he's 7'4". But I think, uh, yeah, I I mean, could play some big minutes. But I think if we got McDaniels, some of these guys' time would be a little more limited.
1: Yeah, I think out of the red-shirted guys, I think only Brian Penn Johnson might get any meaningful playing time as like maybe an impact sub off the bench. Yeah, I mean, mean, even though we'll be a
0: lot longer and, uh, you know, hopefully a better rebounding team, very new team as well. I mean, Nas played significant minutes. He'll coming back. Hamir, he was kind of up and down. I think he got passed by Timmons kind of midway through the season, but then was able to make it back for the tournament and start playing a lot better. And then uh, Jamal Bay's minutes started to pick up too. But when you lose four senior guys, obviously uh, someone else is going to have to step up and uh, pick up where they left off. I mean... I think defensively we'll be fine just with our length. They're going to be super athletic. I'm a little worried offensively. I know Isaiah Stewart will help pick that up. Uh, Nas would just love him to be a little more consistent. Hopefully Jamal Bay can pick that up too. But, I mean, if Noel decides to leave and for whatever reason we don't get McDaniels, I could see us struggling a little bit offensively. But one or both of those guys returning and coming to UW, I think the offense would end up being fine.
1: Yeah, if Jalen comes back, I think the offense will be, I don't, I want to say even better because sometimes, I, I love Matisse Thibel, but sometimes he was a little bit of a liability on offense because, I mean, he has great, great size and length, but I, he just never took it to the basket when I, I think he was pretty good at taking it to the basket. I mean, I think he created some nice separation, especially with how quick he was. Um, I think he needed to do that more, and I think he just shot too many jump shots when that's just... I don't know if that's his game. I mean maybe in the NBA if he can start shooting like thirty five percent from three, he'll be a very, very rich, rich basketball player if he can do that. But yeah. Um I think the offense will take a step forward, especially with Brian Penn Johnson and Isaiah Stewart on the court. I mean that's I mean that's just you're just talking about Lob City right there.
0: Yeah, and I think Quad A Green will be a big part of that as well. Um, being able to distribute the ball and coming from Kentucky, making smart decisions. One thing I like about him is compared to other Kentucky guys, he's not some 6'5 point guard athletic freak. So knowing that he was still a 5-star point guard and uh, getting to play significant minutes in Kentucky's lineup before this last season, um, I think that means he's uh, very good with the ball and uh, really he just has to have good fundamentals if he was able to play that much for Kentucky and go to them, especially um, without being super athletic. And then, I mean, he'll be a great distributor to Stewart Bay, whoever's on the floor with them. And I think he'll make the team better overall.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. And it's gonna be nice having him for conference play, especially since I mean, no one's really gonna have seen him, so it's not gonna be much tape on him. And I think, <clears throat> I think uh, we'll do pretty good in conference. I think we'll definitely, we'll. I don't think we'll be favorites to win uh, the Pac-12, which is okay um, because we were favorites last year. And <clears throat> I think, I don't really know who Oregon's getting this year, but I think we'll be fine. Um, and I think we will win the Pac-12 again.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think the Pac-12 uh, will be reloading. I know um, Arizona's got a good recruiting class coming in. Oregon's got a good recruiting class coming in same with USC. I don't know, USC always seems to get a high recruiting class and kind of ends up overrated every year, so um, I know they'll probably be favored. I could see Arizona State doing pretty well again. I'm not sure how many guys they lose, but with some of their freshmen and uh, how they played this year, they look pretty good. So I think it'll kind of be you know, between Arizona, USC, Oregon us, and uh, Arizona State.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> definitely agree with that. Um, it's just going to be a very interesting year. I think Arizona state's Lug- are losing <laughs> Lugan's dorts. Uh, is it? it's dorts, right? Yeah. yeah. So that'll be a big loss for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, as far as you dub, I mean, even if you don't win the Pac 12, I think the Pac 12 will be a lot tougher next year. Not be a laughing stock of a conference. Um, I think we'll get, I mean, if we got three teams into the, into the March madness this year, I don't see why we couldn't get four or five, uh, teams next year, especially if uh, a lot more teams stay healthy. I think it'll be competitive. Um, It'll be interesting to see who comes out of it on top, but um, I mean, it's not a stretch by any means to say that Washington should be back in the NCAA tournament next year and hopefully get to a Sweet 16 or farther if they get Jaden McDaniels and uh, Isaiah Stewart plays up to par and um, those guys can help lead the team. I mean, sky's the limit at that point.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I guess I guess, do you want to talk about expectations for this team next or right now? Since we kind of, I mean, we kind of like yeah. jumped the gun a little bit. But, yeah, so um, I guess my expectations for this team would be at least be within one game of winning the Pac-12 and um, at least getting the championship game of the tournament because if we can get a bye, I think we'll get a pretty easy matchup uh, in the tournament. So that'll be nice, and I think if we get Jaden McDaniels and Jalen Noel stays, I think Sweet Sixteen should be an expectation because the talent and depth on this team is going to be really good, despite losing four seniors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I mean I'd like us. I mean, for my expectations, win a big game. I mean, we had chances against Gonzaga, Virginia Tech, Auburn, all those teams this year, and just really couldn't get it done, so I'd love to win a couple big games next year. I mean, I the Pac-12 is usually very tough in conference, so I mean, I think a top-four finish getting that bye um, in the Pac-12 tournament's big, and like you said, I don't think we'd play too too tough of a team if we got that bye in the first round, uh, make it to the semifinals, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully make it to the finals of that, and I think Sweet 16 is um, a pretty good expectation because... I mean, you go into the tournament, hopefully, I mean, it's way too hard to pick a seed at this point, but I assume we'd kind of be an upper, or I mean, I'm not too sure, but we play a team that I think uh, we could definitely beat, go beat them, and then uh, have to play a tough game in the second round, and um, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be able to win this game, just looking at the roster uh, at this point, uh, in this point in time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much that can happen between now and the end of the recruiting season. So it'll be an interesting off season. And speaking of seeding, I hope we get either a five or four seed. I mean, that's that's I think that's a money number, especially I mean, I know Oregon didn't exa- or Oregon kind of blew through Wisconsin. But I mean, playing a 12 seed and then facing potentially either a uh, 14 or four Is it, wait, was UC Irvin a 14 seed? I think they were a 13 seed. Oh, yeah, Uh, semantics. So, yeah, yeah, so doing that, I I think that'd be a good matchup um, for whoever we play. But I think that's just looking a little too far ahead. But um, I think we can come out with wins against Auburn and Gonzaga at home because I think the dog pack is always a big factor in these games because um, everybody just has great energy in the dog pack and it's going to be sold out. I can almost guarantee it
0: oh yeah for sure I mean the dog pack took huge steps this year really got behind the team showed up early to games and uh, that's something that I love that's why I joined dog pack dirt shout out to those guys Uh, love all of them and it was great being a part of that this year and uh, making the dog pack and uh, heck Ed one of the toughest places to play again
1: yeah absolutely and uh, here's to hoping that uh, I don't get in a fight with Peyton Pritchard Z again Yep. so there's that Um, yeah uh, it's going to be a great season it's little bit disappointing ending but you know uh we exceeded expectations this year and i i think that getting to the tournament just in general was a huge thing for us so yeah um got anything else to say nick no i think you summed it up pretty well all right well that's all the time we have for today thank you again for listening i know we ran a little longer on this podcast uh but i think we had some pretty insightful information hopefully and i hope you guys enjoyed it again uh for next episode uh we'll be starting with football and we're going to be talking about some of our guys entering the draft and it'll be interesting to see some of the different takes that me and nick have because we're on different wavelengths sometimes when it comes to football so yeah and yeah hope you guys have a great time uh with your spring break which i know is coming to an end and yeah go dogs go dogs